Hello, hello, and welcome to Series 3 of the Race, Ride, Seek podcast. My name is Adam Lana. I'm the Brand Director of Curve Cycling, and yeah, welcome to the new series. We're planning on bringing you some exciting stuff this year. It's February 2020, and yeah, we're hoping to bring you some pretty good content throughout the year. Um, we've got Jesse and Sarah who are quite keen to do some podcasts about bike packing and going fast on a bike. I know Rhino's uh, interested in talking to some of our riders including Christoph and Jonas Dykeman who are some European riders that have done some amazing stuff on our bikes. Um, would like to keep you informed with what's going on at Curve. So yeah, stay tuned to Race Ride Seek Podcast. We hope to bring you out some um, more podcasts uh, on a more regular basis throughout the year. Um, today, we'll intro today with um, a guy, Lewis Sador. I'm speaking to Lewis today, who's, if you're in the bikepacking scene, you'd probably already know him. He won the Tour Divide in 2018. Um, if you're from Melbourne, you might know him as a bike courier. You also might know him for the Vic Divide. He's the guy that put on the Vic Divide and we're talking to him a lot about that today because uh, that's happening uh, in the end of February. So a couple of weeks from from now is uh, when people are heading out to, to do the Vic Divide race. So sat down with Lewis to chat a bit about uh, yeah his Tour Divide, the Vic Divide and a few other things in between. So if you're thinking about doing the Vic Divide, this is a this is a good one. We're talking about that a bit later in the uh, in the episode. So um, have a listen. Uh, he's a he's a very interesting character, Lewis, and uh, yeah, he's obviously very quick on the bike and very skillful. So uh, yeah, he's got some good advice for us all. Uh, I'll let you uh, enjoy. Thanks a lot. G'day, Lewis. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Very good. Very good. Um, all right. So I've got. Lewis Sador here. Have I got your name said right? I mean, yep. Is... yep, that's perfect. Nice and easy. All right, cool. Well, well, I saw you on um, on Friday night for Shed Beers, but um, you know, so we're but we're in a bit of a different spot right now. Um, I'm just sitting in my house, and where are you sitting? Uh, yeah, in my living room. Okay. Well, let's 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 not tell anyone that. Let's. Uh, <laughs> we're at the curve shed. <laughs> now let's set the scene somewhere else. I mean, you are. Uh, we're here to talk a bit about Vic Divide, um, one of your races. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk a bit about Tour Divide and a couple other things that are going on. But uh, um, you wrecked the Vic Divide the other week. Um, maybe let's set the scene and uh, describe uh, one of your favourite sceneries on, on that ride. Um, oh, probably like the best spot on the whole route is, um, after you've been to the Buller village, you climb up Stonefly. Anyone who's ridden the Epic trail at, at, at Buller will know that. And then, um, you skirt around the, um, like the West summit trail behind, uh, Mount Sterling. And there's like, just like these epic views, um, with the snow gums and then looking out across to Mount Cobbler, um, I got a sunset there on on my recce last year, and it's always just such a magic spot. Um, it's definitely my favourite on, yeah. on the route. That all right? That's much better than uh, 
in the living room. So uh, <laughs> let's let's set up a little coffee uh, coffee at that spot, and we can uh, yeah have a chat. Well, Geelong Grammar Hut's right there, so maybe we can be at Geelong Grammar Hut. Oh, cool. All right, I'm, I'm I'm there now. I'm feeling it. It's good. Well, a lot of people um, have told us that they listen to this while riding or in the car, so it's better to set the scene. <laughs> All right. Hey, mate, um, thanks for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. We haven't had a chat in a while, I guess, but um, uh, thank you for, for coming on. I guess you've, you've, been, you've been busy over the last couple of years, um, namely with uh, Tour Divide in 2018, which you, yeah, you destroyed you, with a winner. Um, tell us a bit about that. Um, yeah. Um, 2018 Tour Divide. I'm sure most people by now know what Tour Divide is, but it's uh, it's a four and a half thousand k um off road bikepacking route. Um, starting in Banff, Canada, and going all the way to the Mexican border at um Antelope Road, New Mexico. Um, I finished in uh 15 days and two hours. It's a pretty fast time, mate. Yeah, I think it's the fifth or sixth fastest time ever on the course. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the second fastest rookie time by about two hours. Nice. Um, I really was gunning for that one, but uh, just just missed out. And you only get one shot <laughs> at that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's an absolutely amazing route. Like just, the, just how much it changes um, – over the length, like every day, you know, I was, I think I averaged 280 or 290 Ks a day. And so like, it just like, yeah, you start up in the Canadian Rockies in the flathead and just like sawtooth mountains and, and, you know, jagged snow capped peaks. And you come down through, um, Montana and Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, and then finishing in New Mexico. So yeah, you go from, you're getting snowed on up on, on the mountain passes up north and then by the end you're in like high desert in new mexico and there's cactus and tarantulas and oh, yeah it's the it's the whole it's the whole spectrum so yeah well pretty you, awesome. did, you shot through it in 15 days i mean was that uh do you recommend that for everyone to just go in and ride it as fast as you can um obviously not it's not for everyone um um, but it is cool, like moving at such a fast pace because yeah, like just how much the scenery changes every day, um, and, and how much you see like that is, um, is really cool. You definitely miss out on some stuff, not riding at night, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think there is something cool about, about moving at that kind of pace. Yeah, traversing a country in uh, in a couple of weeks on, uh, under your own steam is uh, yeah something that must feel pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, that's cool. And what? Um, so if we just stick on Tour Divide for a bit. Um, so 2018, how much did you win by? Um, I think it ended up being like 16 hours or something like that. Um, I had a pretty good battle going um, with Bailey Newbury. Um, he's, uh, he's, well, he's Chicago slash, uh, Oklahoma slash currently in New Mexico in Santa Fe, but, um, he was on a single speed and breathing down my neck for a 
probably the first half of the race um, and kept it interesting like the whole way and then I rode through the last night and opened it up a bit. But I had, yeah, like the second yeah, second half of the race I probably had about a, a, a 10, hour, 10 to 12 hour lead on him and then opened it up a bit more on the last night. Yeah, cool. Uh, you're pretty, uh, and ha- how do you feel? Pretty confident that you were gonna gonna win the race. I mean, you went in obviously well prepared. Um, I remember you training a hell of a lot at the time. Um, and I mean, being a rookie, how did you feel like you were gonna go? Oh, I I didn't have any expectations to win um, at all. Um, so that was a pretty wild ride, um, kind of emotionally, I guess. Like realizing that, like you know, a handful of days in, um, that, that I actually had a shot at that. And then as I opened up the lead and kind of the reality cemented, I mean, it's never really a given in bikepacking races, like anything can happen until you, until you cross that line. But, um, yeah, like the realization of that as that became more and more realistic was, was pretty crazy. I really just wanted to to go for around a 16 day finish. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I said my goal was 15, but yeah, realistically that was anything that started with 15. So, you know, if it was like 15 days, 23 hours, 59 minutes, like that was a 15 day finish for me. Um, yeah. and I knew that that would usually generally like, yeah, under 16 days is very fast. And that would generally put me at a shot with maybe like the top three or something. But, yeah, no real expectations. It was being my first, like, real, like, race. Um, I mean, I'd done the GDT 400 a couple of times here uh, in Victoria and won that out in the goldfields. Um, I'd done the Hunt 1000, which is um, not so much a race, but definitely people are out there giving it a nudge um, and finished that in a real fast time. And that was, like, my first real experience of like uh, a bikepacking event. Um, and so, you know, like I knew I felt strong. I knew like I could push um, comparatively to other people and, and, and was riding strong. And But the sleep depth thing like on, on an event that long was, was real new territory for me. Um, so that was a big unknown. I didn't know how far I was going to be able to push that. In the end, I, I probably averaged about four hours a night, which I don't know. Sometimes I say that and it sounds like a lot, and sometimes I say that and when you consider days, <laughs> it sounds kind of crazy. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think it's all relative because yeah, I mean, if you do a four day bikepacking race, you probably sleep like ninety minutes a night or something, you know. Um, so yeah, but it's and, a little bit longer, obviously. Yes, yes. So you kind of have to string it out a bit. I think my longest sleep was six hours. Yeah. Okay. And so if it, with that six, four hours a night, would you rest much during the day as well? Um, typically in the afternoons, I would take like a 10-minute power nap on the side of the road um, just to kind of like refresh myself and get myself ready for riding into the night. Um, so, yeah, generally if the weather was good, yeah, I would just pull over and, and like on the side of the road in the sun and just pull pull the cap over my eyes for, and set a timer on my phone for 10 minutes. Um, and that was just enough to, to like, I mean, you're that tired that you you pass out pretty quick and then <laughs> yeah. 
a few minutes of shut eyes really can rejuvenate you and, and doing that while it's warm and stuff. And then because generally in the evenings it would cool off quite a bit. So yeah, just do it while it's warm and then it gives you the ability to push into the night a bit more. Uh, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Now, I mean, you said before you, you've done what, you had that little bit of preparation around um, with GDT and the Hunt 1000. Um, but you're obviously no stranger to spending some time on on a bike i mean what's your uh, what's your day job Lewis? Uh, um so i've been a bike courier for um 11 or 12 years at this point um these days i run my own business momentum messenger uh here in melbourne um, so you hear that people in melbourne if you need anything couriered around the cbd or in a city, you have to call Lewis because he'll do it really quickly and really efficiently. Thank you. Um, yeah, so that's that's about four years old now, I think, um, and it's going well. It's ticking along. We've got a handful of employees, um, and yeah, it's um, it's good base training. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So I mean, to put it with that in mind, how many Ks do you think you do a week, a day, or or a year, like based around? Um, have you ever calculated it? Oh, have I couldn't tell you like like total numbers off the top of my head. I think an average workday is between probably forty five and sixty k's. So not a ton, but it still um, it still definitely adds up. I think it ends up about being like three three and a half hours of ride time, like time on the bike a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I'm training, I usually do like a ninety minute um, interval session in the morning um probably five days a week and then or probably sorry probably four days a week of intervals and then a bit of running and then like long long days on the on the weekends is typically how like an average training block would look for me so that that adds up really quick i think for pre-tour divide um and pre-colorado trail race last year i was probably averaging about 600 k's a day uh, a week yeah well yeah so it's adding up nice and quickly there. So mm. you obviously you, your body's conditioned to spending that amount of time on a bike. Yeah, and even when I'm not training, it's just enough to really like tick along with with what I do have. It sort of, I guess, just maintains um, fitness really well. And so even if I'm not doing a lot of like extracurricular riding, it really like the fitness kind of holds pretty steady. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, well, um, yeah, seeing you out there and you're always looking fit, mate, so <laughs> <laughs> that's obviously doing the job for you. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, cool. Um, looking, I'm just looking here on the St. Cloud website. So St. Cloud obviously helped you out uh, for the Tour Divide. Um, I'm just looking at your rig here. Can you run us through um, a bit of the rig and what you took uh, on the Tour Divide? Yeah, so Tour Divide, I was on a Giant XTC, which is um, their carbon hardtail mountain bike. Um, I had that paired with um, a rigid carbon Niner fork. Mate, I'm going to have to beep out Giant. You know that. I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I can't say that word on, on, on the Race Ride Seat podcast. No, only, only joking, only joking. Uh, well, I had Curve, curve 30 by 30s. Yes, here we go. No. <laughs> um, with, a, with a Sun Deluxe. Oh, sorry, Sun 28, uh, Dynamo front hub, um, and profile design aero bars. Sorry, I'm just looking over my shoulder at the bike hanging on the wall. <laughs> cool. Um, 
Uh, just a Shimano SLX group set, like pretty, like nothing too flash, but like real, real bomber um, mm-hmm. that held up really good and um, and real minimal, like Revelate designs, um, seat bag, gas tank, and small handlebar roll, and a feed bag, or oh, two feed bags, and that's about it, like pretty, pretty minimal. Yeah, cool. I mean, I think 17 kilos loaded. Oh, wow. That's good. That's really good. So um, if you want to see the rig, um, if you go to stcloud.com.au blogs and look up Lewis, um, there's a good picture of uh, a view and you're even doing a wheelie on your uh, loaded uh on your loaded rig there, mate. I think that was a bit fake. I can't wheelie. <laughs> <laughs> the, the photo doesn't lie, mate. The photo does not lie. Um but 17 kilos fully loaded, that's that's pretty cool. We weighed up um, someone's bike the other day who was going to Tour Toro, and I think he came in at about 20, 21, and, yeah, um, he was relatively lightweight. So that's uh, pretty impressive to get it down to that. Yeah. Yeah, I was happy with that. Yeah. And so what um, what you had the little – did you have, obviously, sleeping in the rear? What did you – um, sort of set up? Up, up front was my sleep kit. Um, I wanted to have that all contained. So um, zero degree sleeping bag and a Bora gear bivy in the handlebar roll and then a piece of like um, EVA foam, 10 mil foam strapped on the front of that. So that was mm-hmm. like the whole sleep kit contained there. The The foam is, is bulky, um, but you will see like most – most fast ultra races with foam purely because it's so light. So it's bulky, but it's probably that piece of foam was like 80 grams or something. Yeah, um, super light, eh? Um, and, yeah, just enough to sort of go like shoulders to hips and keep the body insulated and off the ground like the core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, cool. Yeah, then just like layers, like rain gear and puffy jacket and stuff in the back. Yeah, that was it. Um, what tires were you running, mate? Um, Maxis Icon in the rear, nice and fast, and then Ardent Race in the front for a little bit more grip. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, how much, you know, it, the Tour Divide is, you know, when you talk about tyres, you just think about the trail. I mean, how how intense is the trail? Obviously, it changes quite a lot over that that distance, but would you call it a mountain bike race? Is it a gravel race? I mean, describe the, the actual, what you're riding on. Um, I, I wouldn't say there's a ton of like real mountain biking. There's very minimal single track, um, mostly gravel roads and then a bit of like double track, Jeep track, you know, like moto four wheel drive sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, for the most part, like I think most people trying to go fast are running rigid, which probably gives you an indication. There's definitely times when you're probably wishing for a bit of suspension, but um, overall, it's it's mostly gravel. So I think you can you can gear towards the gravel and then just kind of, um, I guess, tough it out through the through the more technical bits. But you know, probably once a day, you're hitting like a technical section for a few hours, maybe. But like, yeah, the majority of it is is gravel roads. Yeah, cool. And um, you know. Before we move on from the on the tour of what 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 was your favorite part of it? Like, what did you just love about the tour divide? Oh, 
Um, uh, the mountains, Colorado is pretty, pretty wild. Some, some of the parts of, um, like around the Grand Tetons in, in Idaho was just so spectacular, but yeah, just the mountains. We don't have mountains like that here. And so, yeah, it was a real treat like every day to just get up and, and, and see the mountains. I think I, I saw the sunset and sunrise every single day. Awesome. Um, so yeah, getting sunset and sunrise up in the mountains is yeah, something special. Yeah. So you, you'd happily head back to Colorado. Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, part of what drew me back to race a Colorado trail race, uh, in mm-hmm. 2019. Yeah. Um, and sort uh, of that's, that's the segue. So, um, yes. tell us a bit about that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, plan for 2019 was Colorado trail race, which is, uh, about 850 Ks. I think it's like 20, 4,000 meters of vert, like ridiculous. You're averaging, Whoa. you're averaging almost 3,000 meters per 100 Ks. What? Um, 80, 90% single track. Uh, I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but mostly rugged single track. Um, so most people were riding dual suspension for that. So I was on a, um, you'll, you'll just have to bleep this one out, a giant <laughs> anthem. Um, so like short, short travel, Julie um with 2.35 tire up front for a little extra comfort uh over like the 2.2s that i'd usually run mm-hmm. um a very light kit um even less than i took on the divide mm-hmm. um a lighter bivy half of a sleeping bag um and skimped a little bit oh no layers were probably about the same mm-hmm. um and yeah, you go up over four and a half thousand meters and you hit that on the first day, um, leaving from Durango. Poor. Um, and yeah, that was a bit of a shock to the system. I'd spent about 10 days over in Colorado, um, before the race trying to acclimatize. Um, that was mostly hovering around 2000 meters. Um, but the change in the first day, um, yeah, going up to, to over 4,000 was, um, uh, too much for my sea level dwelling body. And it, uh, it kind of, uh, decided that it wasn't going to have it. Um, unfortunately, and I started getting pains in my chest, um, which was indicative of a bit of fluid, um, seeping in. Oh no. Um, so, so describe that moment then for me. Um, well, I spent it's it's pretty crazy being up that high. It was my first time really um going up that high and um I think we went up to thirty six hundred on the highest point of two divide, but they're all just passes and so you kinda go up to a like you know, I think there was one at thirty five and one at thirty six. Um um like Indiana pass is, is the highest peak uh, pass at 36. So you kind of just start it for Indiana. You, you start about 25 and you go up to 36 and then you come back down. So you're not really holding that elevation. Whereas on this, you go up high, you spend, you, you start at, um, you start at about two and a half thousand meters and then you just climb straight up to about 3,500 and then you spend almost the entire first day 
um, up above, yeah, that 3,500 meter point. And yeah, wow. you, you are you riding most of that? Yeah, well, that's the thing because you're, you're so high and the air is so thin. You're there's grades that are not that steep, and you're just walking a whole lot. And everybody is, but um, um, yeah, definitely. I think I was maybe a bit more and was just walking a lot, um, which is fine. Like I don't, I don't have a problem with, with walking and, and hike a bike and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gradients that, that here, you know, at sea level, you'd, you'd always be riding. So it's a bit, bit hard to get your head around. Um, mm. and just feeling that pain coming into my chest and the inability to breathe and, and coming to that realization like less than a day into a race is pretty pretty devastating, especially when you've traveled halfway around the world for it and put in all the training and, and hard work and stuff. It's a pretty bitter pill to swallow that um, your body is not going to cooperate. Um, you know, there's so many things in, in ultra racing where your your body's telling you one thing and – you just have to override it and and sort of tell it who's boss and and say no we're like we're we're just going to do this we're going to push through this um but that's one of those things that it's it's hard to argue with and mm. uh, kind of dangerous when when you're getting fluid on in your lungs and that sort of stuff it's um yeah it's uh it's not one to mess around with no, not an easy. So it was a obviously it didn't sound doesn't sound like an easy decision for you. I mean, what what did you do at uh, at this point when you're at forty five and you got pains? Um, yeah. From from that point, um, uh, I descended down into Silverton, which is uh, on on route um, before making the next climb up, and that was about one hundred and eighty k's in. Uh, keep in mind, average speed for the record on um, the Colorado Trail is about 10 k's an hour. Wow. Average. So that was like an 18-hour day to get to Silverton at 180 k's. Um, that's about 2,500 meters again. So I descended down there, um, and that's, that was, yeah, that, like kind of the end of the day. So I decided just to get some food get a room in the hostel there and sort of just wait and see how I was feeling in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. and got up early and rode over to the coffee shop after like a proper sleep. Cause I, I knew like, I just sort of had to like let my body rest and, and see what mm-hmm. it could do after proper rest. Uh, and was like out of breath riding across, across the street to the coffee shop and like was kind of gasping for air. So I, I, I knew that, there was no point trying to go back up above 4,000 meters again in that kind yeah. of condition. Like it just wasn't going to happen. So unfortunately that was that, but, um, I'll be back. I'll be You'll back. be back. Yeah. It must've been pretty devastating for you just to go obviously from, you know, winning the tour divide in 2018 to, yeah, to, to that in, in that trail race. I mean, um, how did you feel pulling out then? Yeah, certainly pretty rough, and I I feel like certainly after my results at Tour Divide, like people you know start to know who you are and and have like expectations and stuff, and that that expectation turns into into pressure, um, mm. even if that's like imposed you know internally. Um, 
and and so that that makes it hard you start to i started certainly started to like leap expectation on myself um and so yeah that that becomes really hard and then coupled with um which i'm sure we'll get into my victor vide run um last year and i totaled a rear wheel um on the course on the first day at the end of the first day so um kind of just those two combined sort of coupled for a lot of frustration um with things not going to plan but um mm. that's that's ultra ultra racing and bikepacking for you um yeah. you, need, you need a lot to go your way and you know what with tour divide i was very very lucky like i had a lot a lot of luck go my way um a lot broke my way and it it worked out and the reality is sometimes things don't break your way and things things don't work out so uh, you kind of just got to roll with it. The, I guess the frustrating thing with both of those was that there's no huge lesson. Um, I think that you can draw like nothing to learn from particularly, um, which makes it hard. You know, if, if, if you can walk away from something and be like, okay, I learned a lesson there. But when a stick goes through your rear wheel and rips out half of your spokes, like I'm not sure what the lesson to draw is. And, and <laughs> m- maybe, maybe, with the altitude you can you can say okay well i need to go and spend more time over there ahead of time next time um yeah but even locals locals of colorado were saying to me like you might live at three thousand meters um and go up to four thousand meters and nine times out of ten it's fine and the tenth time your body just decides it doesn't like it um Mm. so it seems like a bit of a, a roll of the dice and um, that makes it a bit tricky, I guess. Like you just have to prepare as if it's going to work out and go over and, and do everything you can to prepare. But at the end of the day, it might just might just not happen. And I think you got to make your peace with that. Mm. Yes, it definitely sounds like um, ultra racing's got a lot to do with that. You just got to roll with what's what's given. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so I mean, based on the sorry to dwell on on the failures, but um, how how was your recovery? uh post post the 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 failed rides versus uh, the tour divide um in in what sense um just how you recovered personally and um where it put you in a in a personal space afterwards i mean work play i mean a lot of people after these big rides um obviously putting so much effort into a big ride come back whether they win lose or otherwise just come back and find it a bit hard to adjust into into the real world i guess yeah i mean colorado after colorado it was a bit funny because um it's it's late in their summer so it was end of july and so i'd spent my entire training block training through melbourne winter which was pretty rough like a lot Mm -hmm a lot of long days out in, in bad weather in rain and cold and getting up early in, in frigid, you know, like zero degrees or whatever. Oh, so frigid for us, <laughs> mm-hmm. not, not realistically that cold, but still cold, cold and enough with like short days and you're getting up and it's dark and it, it, it makes it hard. And so, so riding through like a couple of months of that, um, motivation was low to ride once I got back. Um, but I, I do actually think that that was more a result of just like a kind of bit of a grind of a training block rather than necessarily like the failures um, yep. of the race. Well, that's um, good to hear. But definitely took some some time off the bike. Um, but, you know, I have other things like 
like rock climbing and, and running and, and whatever that I can focus on. So like keeping busy, keeping moving, but just in different ways. Yeah, cool. Uh, that, that, that sounds like a, a nice thing. Just keep it, uh, keep yourself rounded in, in other areas as well, obviously helps. Yeah. And I think it pays off for ultra racing, um, being like more of a, a well-rounded athlete, like keeping your body like strong, you know, like it, it, it helps to be fast on the bike, but I think being, yeah, well-rounded and having just like a strong body is, um, is really important. It, it sort of just helps your body like hold together for, for when you do have those long days on the bike. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, speaking of that strong body, I mean, so you said a bit of rock climbing. What other bits of um, do you focus on with your with your training or just general gen, you know, your general body strengthening regime? Um, a lot of stretching. Um, I think that's really important. Um, um, yeah, I try and couple in uh, some running. I enjoy like trail running as well. So I was doing a bit for um pre-tour divide and then again even more for colorado just because colorado does have a lot more hiker bike um there's not a ton of hiker bike in in tour divide so i didn't think it was important but really ramped it up before colorado knowing that i was going to be asking a lot for my legs in terms of off the bike um stuff as well so it's really put that in and a lot of hiking and stuff as well um which i think makes a big difference just going out with my partner and, and, and hiking, like whatever cool stuff is around, you know, like Wilson's prom and that sort of stuff that we've got around Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so with your recovery from tour divide, you seem to have kept yourself busy with, uh, with, a an item called Vic divide, I guess, which is one of the reasons why we're here to chat. Now tell us a bit, that was a, a race held here in Victoria, um, first one last year. Tell us a bit about why you did it and a bit about the course. And, uh, yeah, we had you had quite a few people out there. Yeah, so I had 50 people last year, um, which was really exciting for a first uh, first running of a race. Um, I was really happy with, with the response I got from that. Um, and really it was just, you know, I, so I've lived in Melbourne for I think coming up on five years now um sort of got into bikepacking at the start of that that time and it's been a really cool um journey like coming into like a new a new place and then having um this vehicle to to explore the state and and see like the natural environment around me um i think we're pretty fortunate here in victoria that we have a pretty good train network um that that does cover a large part of the state and is pretty easy to take bikes on. So it's pretty easy to jump on a train and and get out into the more remote areas and, and ride a big loop or ride across to like another train line and, and come back in. And so through my training for, for tour divide and and just the years preceding, um, just like a lot of adventure riding and bikepacking had experienced a lot of the state and wanted to piece together a route that kind of showcased some of that best riding and, and traversed across the state. Um, Part of it, um, the impetus was also like some to try and simulate something best I could uh, as a bit of training for for Colorado. So I was seeking out as much single track and rugged 
like rocky technical terrain as I could. Um, there is a lot of climbing. I think it's about 11 or 12,000 meters for um, 550 Ks. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like just trying to, to, to seek out like, yeah, like fun, technical, like proper mountain biking, um, which, you know, there's a lot of dirt and gravel in Victoria, um, but there isn't like a ton of, you know, like backcountry single track in the way that you get in Europe and, and North America. Um, mm-hmm. So, so, so seeking out some of that was was tricky, but then finding cool links between it was uh, was really cool. And and honestly, it came together like better than I could have ever hoped for. Um, oh, awesome. it, it, it links up really seamlessly with like very 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 little um sealed uh road mm-hmm. um and yeah i think it's some incredible riding i've definitely come to enjoy that more technical riding um i think it's just more fun and more engaging um i think once you get your head around it being slower um it's fine i i, I know sometimes like people who aren't used to it at first when when you're you're if you're only averaging like 10 to 15 k's an hour like it can i guess get in your head if your if your expectation was to be moving faster um but i think yeah once you can kind of like get your head around that and make your peace with it it's yeah it's it's really fun and i think those more rugged um, the more rugged terrain is always going to reward you with more beautiful scenery because you're more off the beaten path and, and you kind of just get, you get to places that not a lot of other people do. Yeah, cool. So, so where does it actually start from? So it starts in Melbourne at the Warundru Spur Lookout um, on the banks mm-hmm. of the Yarra River. Yeah. Um, and you kind of follow, follow the Yarra for 40 k's or so um, up through Warrandyte and then heading through climbing up to Tulangi and then across the Great Divide into uh, Marysville. From there, there's a big climb up again over um, the Great Divide, down to Big River. You're following Big River towards Jameson. The route goes about 2Ks or a K and a half from Jameson, so most people opt to, to duck into Jameson. Uh, for resupply, um, if you're trying to move fast, um, you'll hit it in the evening after most things have closed. You might still make the pub, but it makes it less um, sort of less reward for that extra couple of k's riding to get into town. So I, I know the fastest people last year just skipped it. Yeah. Um, from there, from Jameson, it's kind of the heart heart of the route. Um, how many? Sorry, how many k's are you in at Jameson? Oh, I think it's two thirty off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're about you're nearing the halfway point, and that's sort of really yeah where you, where you get into the meat of the route. Um, you ride up on the road. That's one of the road sections to um, the Hauka River, the Hauka Inlet, um, and you there's the first there's a six k like walking track. Um, segment there and then some beefy four-wheel drive track on Hauka Hills and then another section on the um, Hauka feeder track which is another walking track which is another I think about six k's of, of pretty technical 
riding on um up above the the Hauka River and some of it's like pretty exposed like drop off to to one side like kind of just like cut into the side of the mountain mm-hmm. um so that's that's a really fun magic sec- section and it's like the whole way you're working your way up the Hauka and uh Mount Bull is sort of like looming above you and you sort of have to know that you have to get up there at some point <laughs> so, so you're slowly working your way towards it but it's looming and it's it's really beautiful and it's a really awesome amazing segment and the hawk was really like magical yeah um and then yeah you start up it's actually a fairly the, the climb up buller isn't too bad um it's up Bindery road i'd originally planned for a different way and it, it didn't quite work out um so you're actually rewarded with a fairly mellow climb it goes a it just keeps going on and on and on, um, but it's actually none of it's too steep or, or technical. So that's the biggest climb on on the route, and it's actually not too bad. Just long. What's um, your um? How much are you going in that climb? I think it's about nine hundred. Yeah. So it's a good chunk, but it's not crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah um but but technical yeah 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 Um, and once once you get up top you head up to the village and then um there's a really good like trail network on the mountain Mm -hmm. um so you follow sort of the start of the epic trail uh, yeah across to mount sterling and then from there, this year's course is slightly different. There were some fires in the Buffalo Valley. Um, so the Upper Rose River and Buffalo Valleys are, are both closed still, even though the fires are contained and out, but there's just like a fair amount of damage. The valleys are still closed. So a bit of rerouting there. Last year, it dropped down to the King River on Speck Road after going down Clear Hills Track past Craig's Hut, then over the Cobbler Plateau, and then yeah, into the uh, Upper Rose River and Buffalo Valley. Mm-hmm. This year we'll be turning west and sort of staying similar route to the Epic, a little, a few differences. Um, there's a really cool section along there where in about 10Ks you see about seven different huts. Um, cool. Is that where we are now? Yep, that's so that's where we are now. So this year we'll, we turn off onto the Sterling Trail instead of going right onto um, Clear Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of behind, yeah, up from the West Summit track behind Sterling. Um, you traverse west, um, on mountain number three road and then onto Evans Creek track. And then that spits you out, um, kind of in the south of, uh, Chess Hunt and Whitfield. So that, that this year you get an extra resupply with the new route. Um, then some kind of rolling farmland into Myrtleford where we rejoin the route and the last big climb is out of Myrtleford. It's the Flagstaff. It's a real big pinchy. I think it's about a 600-meter climb. Um, it's very steep and a bit loose. Um, mm. I did suss out an alternate in my recce um, to see if we could maybe change it up, but it uh, that ended up being a lot of hiker-bike, and I decided to be merciful and uh, <laughs> not include that, that, that change. Um, yeah. And then from there, it's pretty much all downhill. You get a cool 15K segment through of single track through the Yak and Dander trails. Nice. Through Yak, 
Um, this year I've changed the route slightly to remove a bit of road out of Yakandanda and found some really cool like, little link-ups there. And then, um, yeah, mostly farmland through into, like up the valley, through into Albury Wodonga to the finish on uh, the banks of the Murray River. Oh, wow. So you start at the Yarra and you finish at the Murray and uh, you've traversed the, the state of uh, Victoria north and south along the Great Divide. That sounds pretty yeah i'm there i'm it sounds pretty picturesque yeah um, it's, it's thanks good. for that lovely description <laughs> um it sounds like like you had what quite a few entrants already in your first year last year and i don't know how many you've got going this year but it's only um it's only a couple of weeks away yeah. um it's it sounds like when you mentioned being merciful then um <laughs> i guess it sounds like quite a few people are doing this as a introduction to uh to this style of riding yeah for sure there was quite a few people last year who had um never bike packed before um i would say it's a bit of a trial by fire um it's definitely not the easiest route to start with but i think the appeal is that it's it is a shorter distance um you know over like you know the hunt 1000 or you know, um, race to the rock or some of the other options that we, we have in Australia and Victoria. Um, it is a bit more bite-sized. So, you know, if you can average, um, a decent, a decent click, you know, maybe 150 Ks a day that kind of just turns out into a long weekend. Um, yeah. And the other thing which I, I sort of really tried with the planning is to make it quite logistically easy. So, you know, if you're from Melbourne, it's quite easy. You know, it starts in Melbourne, like pretty close to downtown and like riding distance. And then up in Albury, uh, you finish on the border and it's from where the route finishes. It's about a K to the train station and you can just chuck your bike on a train and, and come back to town. So it's, it's really easy in that sense. There's not too much um like travel logistics and, and that sort of stuff it's pretty so yeah it keeps it accessible and it's only a few days off you don't have to be able to take like a whole week off work to to do it and i think that's part of the appeal no that's cool yeah that's i mean then you know there are, do you think a few people uh had bitten off more than they could chew last year yeah, certainly. I think a lot of people even just got to Marysville at the end of the first day, which is I think 140 k's in, and and um, after the first like 30 k's or so up the Yarra is pretty pretty flat, just following the river, and then after that it it gets serious pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I think a few people, quite a few people, got to Marysville and and decided it was a bit above their pay grade. Um, mm-hmm. It, but how um, awesome that they're trying it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the cool thing is like you can, you can like because of the nature of, of the route and its location and stuff, you can ride to Marysville on the first day. And if you're not feeling it, it's like a pretty mellow ride back to Lilydale to jump on a train, you know, or, you know, like there's, there's lots of ways I think you can experience part of the route and, um, without having to commit too much if it's um if it's too intimidating you know um yeah and then so I what think, sort of rider do you do you feel like you would you know should attempt it or what level do you think that they need to be at or how do you train how do you prepare um 
certainly you, you, you'll need to be confident climbing um, because there is a lot of it and a lot of it is quite steep. Um, if you have any experience like mountain biking, like I think those skills are going to go a long way um, just in, in terms of handling a bike on technical terrain and, and the kind of climbing and stuff that you'll get mountain biking. Um, I so think it's not that, a gravel race is what you're saying. Exactly. I think taking a gravel bike is not that, I mean, people have, have finished it on gravel bikes. Um, Mitch won on a, a Curve Kevin last year. Um, I think it- uh, I think he's on a GMX. Oh, plus, GMX, so. GMX. Yeah, oh, right. sorry, GMX. Yeah, so he would have gone on twenty nine er tires. So. Yeah. Um, but there was quite a few people on 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 gravel bikes last year. But that said, like you do need, I would say, absolute minimum two inch tires. Mm-hmm. Um, could you finish it on less? Probably. Would it be my- take a bit longer? Yeah, take a bit longer and just not be a whole lot of fun. I think it'd be pretty. Like you'd be pretty, pretty beat up, um, and yeah, I think just just the comfort and security of riding more bike, um, yeah. For what it's worth, I I ride my um, my giant anthem on on the route, and I think a short travel jewelry is the perfect bike. Um, I think. Yeah, having a bit of suspension there, at least a fork is is going to go a long way and makes a lot of sense on this route. Yeah, okay. So the guys heading out in a couple of weeks on their gravel bikes, uh, what do you tell them to prepare for? Um, just how like noodly your arms are going to be. <laughs> 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 They're going to take a beating. Um, there's definitely one of the the new descents uh in that reroute section of buller coming down the mountain number three road is um pretty spicy okay um yeah it was, it was a bit of a wild ride on a jewelry so oh wow there we go <laughs> <laughs> well you can't yeah. always ride you know you can walk if you know if it's a, if it gets a bit spicy exactly that's it like it's um look you just you just ride within your ability um, and, and yeah, you take it as it comes. I think, you know, there's even some of the single track sections last year, um, after doing my recce, my report was that, oh, it's all rideable. You know, I rode all of it. Like I might've dabbed here and there, but I didn't yeah. walk, I didn't walk any of it. Um, and then, you know, a lot of reports of people walking walking sections of it, which is uh, which is fine. And you know, it, it's good to hear, especially in those like exposed sections of trail, um, that people are riding within their ability. And if they're not feeling comfortable, they're getting off and, and walking and, and playing it safe. You know, that's um, definitely the smart way to do it. Yeah. Well, you've you've been mountain biking for a while now. I've seen I've seen you mountain bike, and you've pretty capable so maybe yeah your level compared to a few other people trying this stuff for the first time is uh quite different you would say yeah and as well i mean i think uh, as well as my my own ability i think having a suitable bike for the, especially for those technical sections helps as well it sort of helps mm-hmm. um you know eat the trail up a little bit more so um yeah yeah well you must be excited with uh having a bunch of starters how, do you know how many you've got so far 
Um, I think there's about 20 so far, um, but that's probably about on par with how people were signing up for tracking last year. Um, like yeah. we ended up with about, I think it was actually about 45 um, registered for tracking. And then there was a few people who wrote untracked, which is totally fine. If, um, you know, it isn't really like an organized event. It's just a route um, that I've pieced together and, you know, put out a date that could be a good good time for people to ride it. And so, like, how they want to ride it is, is totally up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, tracking is great for, for safety um, so that your family and, and loved ones can, can keep track of where you're at along the route. But it's also a bit of fun for everyone at home to sort of see how, how everyone's tracking, um, how fast everyone's moving and stuff, and can sort of compare those times. Um, but, yeah, I think there was a lot of late – um, registrations um, for, for the tracking. So I, I expect we'll probably get back to probably about that 50, 50 mark again, which is a cool, I think it's a good number. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Um, about you would highly advise for people to track, I dare say. Yeah, for safety reasons, it is it is very remote out there. Even if you don't want to track publicly, um, that's absolutely fine if, you, if you're not into that. But highly, highly recommend that, that people come, carry some sort of tracker um, because it is very remote in in sections and there is no sag wagon or support vehicles or anything like that you do it is truly self-supported out there Um, so if anything does does go wrong you have to figure that out by yourself and having a tracker means that you do have the ability to contact someone uh, a loved one to come get you or in the worst case scenario emergency services Um, and without that there's, there's no guarantee of cell service for large sections of the route. So, you know, if you're just carrying a phone, um, don't expect that you're going to be able to just, like, call for help on your phone. It's, um, it's not exactly going to cut it, is it? Yeah. A phone. Uh, well, that's uh, good advice. Good advice for uh, people heading out for the first time, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, actually, it's something – popped in before when you said um, you've only been in Melbourne um, for five years. Just, I'm just curious, how, where, where were you beforehand? I, I grew up in Sydney, uh, and then when I was uh, 18 or 19, I moved to Canada, and I lived in Toronto uh, for about four and a half years. Yeah, there you go. So... That's what I, I spotted a bit of an accent in there, but I was, wasn't quite sure. So I, I yeah, only, yeah. only through the headphones now that I'm listening to you that I've that I'm getting some accent. So yeah, I definitely I definitely picked something up a bit along the way. Um, I couriered in Toronto for for that that period of time, so I did four or five Toronto winters, and I think that definitely helped um, harden me to riding in the elements a bit, and has sort of helped um, my perseverance through adverse conditions in in racing yeah yeah can imagine um and sorry mate just back to to vic divide um so when's it actually starting oh so it starts 6 a.m on uh saturday february 29 so it's coming, mm-hmm. up, coming up very soon yeah um at, as i as previously mentioned at the wurundjeri spur lookout in queue so like on the boulevard there just at the, the sort of like the north end of the boulevard um, definitely encourage people to come out, even if you're not, um, 
riding the whole route. Um, it'd be really cool if people wanted to come out and ride, you know, ride up to Telangi with, with, um, with everyone or yeah, e- cool. even just ride up to, to Warrandyte or whatever and turn, turn around and head back down the Yarra. Um, you know, like I said, it's not an organized event. It is just a route. And so there's, there's no limit on, or no rules about who can ride what or who's welcome. You know, everyone is welcome to, to come and ride as much or as little of it as they'd like. And, you know, if there is 50 people out again, like it'll be a solid crew. And, um, yeah, it'd be a bit of fun to have a few extra people come out and, and roll along. It's a bit of an early start, but not, not too crazy. So, um, yeah, yeah, it could be really fun if people wanted to just come experience a bit of the route. Um, it'd be, yeah, it'd be fun. Ah, oh, cool. That's definitely a call out to everyone. I know that the, uh, last year there was quite a, there was a couple of curve uh, curve crew on 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 route who did the whole course. Um, Steve and Jimmy uh, went out there, and I mean Steve did pretty well on his on his single speed. He was very happy with his uh, with his effort, and he's, you know, dare say he's going to be trying to go a bit faster this year. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, one thing I'd like to do, I guess, is uh, post Vic Divide is see if we can. Um, do some sort of follow-up podcast as well. Um, you know, I've, I know that uh, one of – we've got a, a very newbie who's uh, going out to do it uh, or give it an attempt anyway. It would be good to maybe catch up with him after the fact or uh, or maybe get you or, or someone else who's done it uh, just to, to give it a bit of a recap on – on before and after yeah absolutely and always always cool to hear people other people's um perception of the route um you know like obviously my my perception of it is is framed within some some pretty serious writing um so it is always cool to, to hear it from yeah what does somebody new to bikepacking think um yeah what are, what do different people think and how did they experience it um that's always really cool feedback for, for me to get and I'm sure um, getting a broader picture for, for the listeners and stuff would will, will help, you know, sort of inform their decision if they'd like to tackle the route and, you know, how, how much fun that could be for them, um, yeah. definitely. And also this year with the, um, the, the new section, there's definitely people who have ridden it twice um, and I'll be really keen to sort of hear what they, they thought about the reroute because um, – I really like it and I'm actually unsure going forwards if I'll keep this this route or if I'll stick with the original. So it'll be cool uh-huh. to hear people's feedback and, and which uh, of those sections off Buller that they'll they'll prefer. Um, yeah. I'll probably take that into account in making my decision. So it sounds like you want to make a bit of amends from uh, from last year. Uh, how fast do you want to go this year? Um. Probably around the forty-eight hour mark. Um, that's sort of what I was, I was, I was thinking last year, and I think Mitch came in in fifty. Yeah. Um. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's doable. Um, it doesn't allow a whole lot of room for stopping. Probably only gives you about an hour of sleeping. I think at at the most. Um, to get it done in that sort of time. Yeah. Um, wow. So definitely nice pushing, definitely pushing it, and uh, but yeah, we'll see. It, it all depends on weather and stuff. Like obviously, like that can slow things down dramatically if it's wet, um, or snowing. Yeah, or snowing, <laughs> which isn't out of the question. Um, yeah. And um, I hear Mitch is doing it this year. Oh, he is. I hadn't heard from him, so that's cool. Wow. 
I th- we, we, I did see him the other night. He, he popped into Curve and he was picking up a completely different bike. He was picking up a road bike. But um, the question was, he, you know, we asked him the question and, yeah, it was a very nonchalant, yeah, I think I'll go again. Cool. So, um, very cool. I dare say you, might, you, you, you can have your battle there again, mate. Very cool. Uh, he, 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 he was starting to stick it to me. I think he pulled out by an he was had about an hour on me uh, by the time I folded my wheel last year. So um, yeah, he's he's extremely fast, <laughs> that guy. Yes, that's <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that that'll be good to watch. And um, I guess for the others, I mean, what was the slowest um, finisher last year? Um, I think about five and a half days. So doing about a hundred yeah. k's a day. Um, cool. I think that sounds like a nice uh, nice a nice tour through the through the countryside yeah and it's a great way to do it like there's lots of um lots of campsites lots of pubs lots of huts along the way so i think that's um yeah 100k a day is a really cool pace for for a bit of a tour and it breaks breaks up all the hard bits um into you know like smaller sections and i think it makes it more manageable because you're not having these like hard sections stacked back to back to back in the same way if you if you're doing it like that well, that's cool, man. It's, I mean, really, really well done on the uh, on the event. Um, it's obviously captured the Victorians' uh, bikepacking thirst for for this sort of stuff. So, um, well done on that. And uh, yeah, it's good to hear that you've sort of catered it. While while it isn't an easy race, um, it sounds like you're getting all sorts of people doing it. Yeah, which is great. I'm really, really excited about that. And that, yeah, there's a whole spectrum of of. Um riders coming out of, of all sorts of abilities yeah cool um all right before we uh we leave you this uh we leave this lovely hut up in the in the highlands um what's what what else is uh planned for mr lewis this year you've got anything exciting coming up um no racing planned um you know Rhino's going to try and get you to, to do Rhino Run at the end of the year. Oh, um, he, don't worry. He was all over that on Friday. Um, <laughs> he already beat you to it. Um, yeah, nothing planned at this point. After a, a couple of a couple of hard years of, like, really applied and concentrated training and, and racing, um, I decided I'm just kind of going to take this year as it comes um, and not plan anything. Um, That's fair enough. But... Yeah, Vic Divide is is coming up. Um, I had hoped to put something on up in the high country. Um, that's been pushed back a bit because of all the fires. Some of mm. them out for, for for what I had. There's probably about a 400k um, route up in the high country. So that's kind of pushed back a bit. Um, I've scouted some of that out. Um, that'll be exciting when it happens. It might be a springtime thing ideally um if i can get up in the next like but before it gets too cold up there and maybe scout some of it out if it's all reopened um in the next month or two we could hopefully see some of that um and a bit of a personal project up in the high country which is um uh, a 10 highest peaks of victoria um oh wow that sounds cool. and that yeah there's going to be a, a, a bit of a multimodal um route so it'll be a a very slim bike packing setup and a pair of trail runners and i think it works out to be about 450 k's on the bike and about 60 k's on foot um to 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 tag all those peaks 
Uh, yeah. I don't even want to know what the vert is. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot. But, but serious. But, um, again, um, some of, two of the peaks up north, um, Mount Cabarrus, um, and the name of the other one up there is um, maybe Mount Gibbo, I think, but I could, could have that wrong, um, burned um, in the, the Koryong fires. So um, um, could be a while on that one. I'd really hope to, to have that to happen uh, this year, but we'll just ha- have to wait and see how the, the high country recovers and how the roads and tracks um, get reopened and how, and how long that takes. But, um, yeah, otherwise just getting back to riding what's fun and, you know, maybe piecing together some other just routes for, for people to follow. That's really fun. And, you know, like I know so much of Victoria now that it, it's cool to sort of like put some of like the classic hits together into yeah. one route, you know. That's uh, very cool. Um, well, once again, mate, thank you. Um, it's always super interesting listening to, to your view on things. Um, you've obviously got a bit of experience out there uh, doing this sort of stuff, so it's ace to see that translated into um, into an event that we can that we can enjoy ourselves. So, uh, so if you're, um, we'll have the few, we'll have links and whatnot to to the ride and to the route and um, to some of other Lewis's things in the um, in the podcast uh, page. But um, mate, just as we uh, pack up our coffee and um, look out. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. We're getting service up here. <laughs> I think so, we, uh, you get service up there, to be honest. Oh, there you go. We, we, haven't, um, we haven't broken uh, the, uh, the the image. All right. Well, let's just maybe if you can just describe to uh, to the listeners uh, where we're about to head if we jump on our bikes now and uh, do the next section of the route. Yeah. Mm. So um, we uh, yeah heading down on the the Sterling Trail and the Huts Loop. We're going to go past. Um, the cricket pitch shelter, um, number thirty six hut. What are we seeing out here? King saddle shelter. We will be looking. We'll get some views across to Mount Cobbler. Um, and then as we start to swing north down into into the valley, um, we'll get to go past Lake William Hovel after the descent. That'll be that's pretty cool. Some. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit bogan, but it's actually pretty nice. I guess it depends what time of day you're there and how many. Um, I did see a, a speedboat out on it last time, but uh, I think if you miss the bogans, it'll be very nice. Ah, cool. It sounds uh, sounds great, mate. Thanks again. Um, we'll catch you on the on the on the other side of the race. Uh, good luck with it. Thank you so much, man. No worries, mate. Catch you. Bye. Well, that was Lewis Store. What an amazing guy. I mean, he's. Not only fast, but just a really, really nice bloke. I've always got time for Lewis. He's uh, often pops in to curve uh, to do some couriering or just on his route. Um, yeah, and he's a he's a lovely guy. I've always got time for him. He he's very skillful on the bike and he's awesome to watch. So uh, it's ace that he's uh, done uh, put on something like Vic Divide and yeah, get out there and support it. So on that note, we'll see you all. All those Melbournians, we'll see you all at the start line on uh, for the Vic Divide. It'll be good to support the riders who are taking it on. So let's get out there and uh, follow them out and uh, wish them well for the rest of the journey. For those who are a bit further away, you can uh, look at it via mapprogress.com. 
the Vic Divide 550 link is up there and you can uh, yeah watch them duel out the, the you can watch them duel out in the race uh, over the next well when it starts but uh, yeah thanks again for listening uh, we'll bring out uh, a new podcast soon so stay tuned uh, thank you very much the race road seek podcast <laughs>